0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to be talking about several different things in the Titans community, but specifically about how my 2021 game plan is sizing up to the Tennessee Titans moves, as well as I wanted to kind of shout out some of the the, the people in the Titans community that I respect to some degree and enjoy their work. Um, and I'll get to that aspect, but I really want to say that there's a lot of people that put out some great content for fans, um, especially on the video aspect and, uh, really want to get to them and salute them. Um, because I think that fan engagement is very, very important. And the thing is, even if I don't follow you, I, you will see me, you know, quote, t- quote, tweet these guys, excuse me a lot, because I just feel like that engagement fans enjoy the visual aspect of it and uh, I don't really like to follow too many people it's probably maybe a OCD thing I just like to have my timeline to be you know as barren as possible Um, and then I personally go search for things if I want to see them if that makes sense I don't know if everybody's like that but that's how I am but let's talk about how the Tennessee Titans moves are matching up with uh, my 2021 game plan for the Tennessee Titans, where I don't try to predict what the Titans are trying to do. I do what I would I would, would have done or would do in that situation. So, um, you guys that follow me know and you've been updated. You know, you've been updated on the D- Danico Autry signing, which is the same thing that I did in my 2021 game plan. And then the Tennessee Titans signed defensive back uh, Kevin Johnson. Uh, which was also in the game plan, and then recently Josh Reynolds, who was basically right receiver number two behind David Moore, possibly signing. David Moore ended up going to the Panthers, so therefore Josh Reynolds was next in line, and then after Josh Reynolds was Rashad Higgins. You know, basically, let me go down each signing and what they mean from an evaluator standpoint. And uh, just giving it a different spin than, you know, viewers may get get it from other places. Basically, the the Nico Autry signing had multifacets facets to it um, that helped the Titans. Obviously, you're signing a player away from a division rival. That's huge. Um, but what he provides for this team um, specifically is he provides length. He provides strength. He provides productivity at the five technique, at the three technique, um You know, he can move, he's like a piano piece, he's a chess piece, he can move along all lines, all keys, he can play all the keys of piano on the defensive line, nose tackle, you know, everywhere, and you know, and that length and physicality uh, makes it so much easier for everybody else, so Jeffrey Simmons is going to eat off of that, Harold Landry is going to eat off of that, newly signed edge rusher Bud Dupree is going to eat off that, which... You know, Bud Dupree is one of the best edge rushers that were available, um, that was available in free agency. So it's very similar to what I was talking about, trying to find that edge presence. That's a no-brainer. My guys were more like Marcus Golden, Terrell Basham. Mine was strength in numbers as opposed to one big signing. But you you can't go wrong with Bud Dupree unless the injury concerns start uh, to pile up. On him Because I remember that play that he tore ACL. When you got players that tore their ACL, usually it is a non-contact injury. But when it's their own force or, you know, they were possibly doing something that was a non-football move, that's concerning. But we'll see how that plant pans out. I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, a sour sop or mad about the number. I just want his health to be top notch. But back to what I was saying. That Autry signing is going to help everybody, you know, moving on to Kevin Johnson, cornerback, defensive back. You can move him around. I think he's that physical. I think he's that smart as well. Um, Not necessarily a huge. um, There wasn't huge elation to his signing. There wasn't huge applause um, because he has been injured. Um, He's a very uh, slight of frame guy, skinny guy. He gets injured. He gets ticky tack injuries from here and there. But when he's on the field, I have to argue that he he does provide some type of value. I think he's very physical. He's long. He stays with his man, um, in man coverage and zone. He's instinctual. He drives on the football. Um, he's very physical. And I think that that is it. The Kevin Johnson signing is better than the, you know, um jonathan joseph signing last year so just based off that that's an upgrade a veteran depth signing he's been in the system been around mike vrabel makes a ton of sense to sign a guy that is familiar with the system but also provides a little bit more than your last guy um and jonathan joseph and that's really all that is a physical guy can blitz off the edge and uh provide value there um and then you know finally we got you know, today's news with Josh Reynolds getting signed from the Los Angeles Rams. What he provides, uh, and I'll post a video on this a little bit later, is going into more of the evaluation side. There's a ton of great videos, Titans, uh, the Titans community has released on why he should fit and, and, and the statistics because I, I noticed that they love to add statistics to these things because that's what fans want. They want some type of uh, factual data or some type of analytics that back up the signing. And that, that can help. But I go a little bit more in detail and I'll go over it in my video. But one of the things that that uh, I, I liked through tape and then that was backed by analytics was his separation. Um, his ability to separation, his separation per target. He had around four yards, four and a half yards of separation every time he ran a route. And, you know, when you got those numbers and you start looking at other players around the league and where he was around, that's pretty solid for a guy that's 6'3", 195, 196, that can separate like that. One of the things you saw on tape uh, of him coming out in 2017 was he he does have a flair for the dramatic. He can make that spectacular catch. And just, you know, for me, finding a wide receiver in a very wide receiver-heavy draft, I was not going to spend that much money on wide receiver. There was tons of people trying to keep it respectable. There were tons of people that wanted to get the $10 million guy. This, I mean, I you know, that's your opinion in a wide receiver heavy draft. You want to go light. You want to find a guy just like Josh Reynolds, just like a guy like David Moore um, that you could get for, you know, less than three or four million dollars that provides some type of difference David Moore I have to mention him because that was the first signing the first guy my first option which he went to the Carolina Panthers and what you get out of Moore is a thicker guy he's more outspoken see I go a little bit further I look at the psyche what kind of guy you're getting Um, David Moore is more of a a locker room guy that's going to be outspoken and a leader and help guys so he's going to Take guys, uh, watch extra tape with them, teach them routes and be more of a teacher. Whereas with Josh Reynolds, he's very quiet. He's very shy. He he, you rarely ever, uh, rarely, excuse me, ever get anything out of him more than, you know, that you poke in pride. And I think that that's the biggest thing that Titans media will find out. He's a very quiet, very, uh, very good kid, very good person. Um, and I just chose more because of the frame the special teams value as a gunner and a returner. Um, You just could do more with more than you can at at Reynolds. He's Mm going to run routes um, and he's going to be that player that's been in the system and a veteran. He's going to lead by example. And that's what you get from a psychological standpoint from Josh Reynolds. Um, and then moving forward, I mean, there's some things that the Tennessee Titans have to do to really sure up that roster quarterback two needs some competition running back to me needs another, a real guy back there that can be just as good as Derrick Henry. I know that's, that's asking a lot, but he can be just as good as Derrick Henry, but at what he can do. So drafting Kylan Hill in my, in my game plan is a big factor. And when you, and for those that don't know, That analytical report was ran on my game plan. It is a Super Bowl winning analytical roster. And Kylan Hill was a main factor in that. And, you know, Johnu Smith, I I ended up resigning Johnu Smith. He was a main factor in that. So the Tennessee Titans are going to have to find another tight end outside of what they have that's going to do some damage for them. Their offensive Mm -hmm. line, excuse me, at their offensive line, I believe they need um, another guy there. That can, you know, be a swing guy defensively. Um, I think the safety position is a bit thin. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are basically saying that because the Tennessee Titans have Amani Hooker and Kevin Byer, that they do not need um, another guy there. So I would say. Excuse me. I think that they need another guy there that's going to um, provide some depth and some reps that if one of those guys go down, that the Titans will be in a better spot. So those are some things that's coming to my mind as far as what the Tennessee Titans need to do to shore up the roster. Um, Obviously, add a little bit more depth there at the edge position and, um, you know, possibly find another corner that, you know, to to give you even more reassurance there. Um, But Back to the second half of our episode where we're talking about shouting out some people um, in the Titans Nation that I respect what they do, their work. Um, And it's not that, you know, a lot of people might say you're asking for um, you're asking for support. But do you support? Well, I'm to be honest, I'm not in the position. I'm not in a position of if I share just stuff, it's going to significantly help you. Now, you, you know that I am a supporter just because I, I actually interact. I comment on your stuff. I like um, your, you know, a tweet. I retweet your t- tweet from uh, time to time. So basically, a lot of times when, you know, this is talking about, you know, some of the stuff that I probably recently posted was, you know, this is basically, I should probably go live because I say it in jest and humor a lot of the stuff, but to wrap it up, it was very discouraging to see, you know, our market continually do that specifically to someone like myself. But at the end of the day, um, it is what it is. And what I would like to say is I want to shout out some of the people that that I like in the market and I show that I like in the market. So uh, one of the people to start off is uh, Justin Mello. So he will be tagged in this podcast. I'm going to shout him out. One of the things that I respect about Justin Mello in this market We've actually been following each other for long, for as recent, probably as 2015, which I remember a tweet of him saying, uh, asking me, did I like the Marcus Mario Marcus Mariota pick? And I was like, no, I like Leonard, Leonard uh, Williams better. And I think that was one of our first interactions. And then before that, a little bit then. So we've been following each other for a long time. I respect his work ethic and his journalism. The guy, you know, you know, just pushes out interviews you know he's been moving up the ladder in his vision in his you know in his journey as a journalist and uh respect his work um and then another guy that comes to mind is uh TD Teron Davenport uh he's a guy that um has had me on the show in 2000 what was it 19 um you know talking about my game plan a guy that just respect more so than anything is being a beat writer that has a some um, draft evaluation talent. And I think that's very rare that you have above average uh, draft evaluation talent to be a beat writer. Most people just, you know, they they write, you know, they go through the year trying to find, you know, you know, break news. That's kind of their thing. It's good. And there's a breath of fresh air to see um, um, a beat writer with draft evaluation talent. Um, another guy that comes to mind in the draft community or the Titans community I should say is um, Titans Tape and Titans Film Room really I've always enjoyed the content no matter what riffs or anything especially with Film Room at at the start and I guess this is a perfect time to, to pair and I'll get to Titans Tape but to pair Titans Film Room with Mike Herndon as well shout out to to them and then you know there are some people on Broadway sports that might not have come around to me yet, but our first big squabble, which is that we're men, men to men. um, First big squabble was about Corey Davis. Um, Ironically, we see how that panned out, but was about Corey Davis and his ability and who I would have picked. And, you know, it's all well documented. I'm a big CMC guy. I felt like he could play running back and wide receiver. In fact, if you probably look at the stats, CMC probably has more receptions. Uh, Christian McCaffrey probably has more receptions than Corey Davis. And then I would have taken Trey White instead of Odori Jackson. And if you look at the talent of those two players, we see how it panned out. So that's already set in stone. Kenny Galladay over Taywan Taylor. I mean, we see what that is. And, you know, sometimes it, you know, it's not necessarily about being right. But in the moment, it is what it is. They took great offense to that. I didn't necessarily take offense to that because I don't take it personal. But obviously, it started something with that for for some years but luckily and then matt nilly took it to another degree uh um you know rest rest in paradise to nilly we had our riffs he publicly and tried to defame me several different times about my work and stuff like that and and it all started from him trying to bully me over saying that um i think i said that travis henry had just as as impactful of a a seasons Mm -hmm. than um who was it who was the running back before Derrick Henry I can't even think of his name that's how I I mean he's his DeMarco Murray I said that Travis Henry season-wise statistic-wise had just as much as a, of an impact and was more impressive to me than DeMar- DeMarco Murray's seasons and people because of the recency bias and you know basically m- ma- mainly emotional recency bias it's basically that thinking that DeMarco Murray had that much of a great season than Travis Henry's run with Tennessee Titans are almost very similar stat numbers but Travis Henry did it with lesser talent Um, especially on the outside in terms of having other weapons to defer to and I think People really love DeMarco Murray because it it was part of a resurgence in the Titans community. But anyway, my main point is that there's so so many different um, disagreements that that went down. And because I'm not in that circle, I don't have a chance to squash it um, or anything. And then people form alliances, excuse me, and monopolies, therefore basically blackballing somebody. But. I'm using this platform to turn whatever that negative is, whatever, you know, conversations that you have about me in your your group chats and when you you know when you're adding your friends and and sending them to my page or screenshotting what I've said. I just want to say that I'm gonna turn that negative energy into positive energy and give it back in a mm-hmm. positive manner. I respect all, you know, you guys' work, especially more so than anything, the fan engagement from Herndon film room, what Neely was able to do, um, you know, even Jane, you know, and when I'm talking about this, the, the whole Broadway people is those, a lot of those guys were a part of the Alliance blackballing, making fun of what I do. And it is what it is. I'm going to take that negative and give back positive. All you guys are great with fan engagement. I'm more of an accuracy guy. You guys might put up the stats, get 300, 500 likes, and it may be right or wrong. But just like I'm giving you your your flowers for fan engagement, I have to still stand on my ground and say that at the end of the day when you're getting 500 likes for you know the fan engagement aspect because it makes it looks cool, it makes people laugh, I'm still I'll take my two likes and being correct and accurate all day because we're on two different trajectories, we're on two different paths, right? You want to be in media, journalism and stuff like that. I'm more of a of of a guy that's fit to be on a team that actually will result in winning a championship. So, it's two different paths. I just wish we could respect it more and um support each other more because in this Nashville market, if I say something, you know, I tweeted about it. If I said that Trey Lance is a perfect fit for the Falcons in January, been saying it since before January. But January I think is when you guys saw it or the world saw it. If that was the case, You saw that you saw that I tweeted that and let's say Matt Miller says it tomorrow and for you to quote tweet Matt Miller and say I agree or retweet that that looks like you are trying to you know it's basically name dropping glorified name dropping like oh, Matt Miller said I'm going to expose him he has more followers blah 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 and it could just come down to you like him more. And that's where we have to come to the realization and the realness of sharing that. I just don't like the guy. To let me know so that I can stop having any type of thoughts anyway, this way or that way. So basically, love the fan engagement. Titans tape. Love the videos. The Broadway sports people love what they're they're able to do. Each Each person has a role. Respect it. Um, who else? Um, the A to Z people, we've all had riffs and it's all based on, I think some, sometimes I think you guys want to be the scout more than me. It's like, you guys have to have it all sometimes. Like you want to have the media world. And then when somebody comes with evaluation side, they, they can't have that either. So that's why I've used the term monopoly so many times. It's like, okay, you guys have the media side and I know you guys see me forking out content and I know you guys see me forking out and putting in extreme measures of work. So is that too much to say that, oh yeah, Charles is very good at drafting. So we could have him on the show talking about some prospects. If that's the case, why, why am I Charles over there in the corner who he's diligent? He works hard, but not good enough to talk about draft evaluation when when you guys talk about draft evaluation, let's just call it how it is. It's not your calling and you get a lot of things wrong. Trust me, I'm keeping up with it. And so it's it's weird to me. The 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 dynamic is weird and I'm trying to I'm I'm being as real and transparent as possible. I respect your work. I respect your fan engagement. You're good at what you do. But at the same time, there's your flowers. But I have to go and buy my own, I guess. And I have to say that. And I have to let the listeners know that. That I shout you guys out. Salute. But at the same time, they have to know the other side of things. Whereas I know for a fact, you guys know that I put in work. I've even, even the 104.5 old group, midday 180, even outside of Jonathan Hutton that I know of, to my face at least. And then you got Paul Kuharski and you got the other guy that has, you know, tried to chastise me on the airway because I asked Greg Cosell about a question about a prospect. And Greg Cosell didn't know because he hadn't watched the pro- prospect yet or he doesn't go that deep. So, and I got chastised for asking him a question he didn't know. And then it was talked about, oh, you're just trying to place Trump stump the swab. The image of how I truly am is not what you guys think. I'm not trying to stump the swab with Greg Cosell, the goat. I'm asking him a question that I thought he would know. So I think that is a good um, small example, but a macrocosm or a microcosm. But the macrocosm effect is you guys are causing rifts and blackballing when it could be collaboration now this is how i'll end it the salute the salutes and the salutes and the and the congratulations and the flowers have been given now this is how i'll end it so what you guys are doing is causing a blackballing effect because if you guys who have thousands of followers haven't validated myself which i can i can grow it on my own I can put up a a hell of a street team and a game plan and get it on my own, which is going to happen. But the very fact that you guys don't even want to collab to help it grow from collaboration is causing a a negative rift that I really don't think that you guys understand how how when we when we talk about two years from now, four years from now, I can already easily see how each and every one of you are going to progress. I know where we You guys will be. I know where you guys will be. Some of you guys will infiltrate the team because guys like Wyatt Glennon, those guys will start to retire and it only makes sense for the people with large followings and who who can write well and speak well are going to easily, slowly ease into those spots. But what are you guys going to do? And this is just saying when I own The very radio stations that you're speaking at. What are you guys going to do when I own the suites and I buy out the places to where you're supposed to be doing your shindigs at? Because that's a part of the game that you guys don't know that I'm in. And that is not like flexing or being like cocky or being anything. I'm a very... You know, I don't know. I'm an introvert. I don't know if you guys know about the the Myers Briggs personality. I'm an INTJ, so go look it up. Very low percentage of people in the world, less than two percent, I think. But we're straightforward. We can laugh. We can be humorous. I'm very goofy, and you know, with my friends and stuff like that. But I'm very real too. You do, you guys don't know the circles, the businesses, the people, the friends. That I know and a lot of people say, Well, why don't you ask them to give you an endorsement? Well they're not in this field. And to be quite frank. Um and if I really really wanted to for them to really go through and do some certain things, I could probably get on get hired at some places. But my main point is I still want to challenge myself to do it organically, but at the same time, I don't think that people understand like. If listen, when you guys are tagged in this podcast, please DM me your reasonings why. And if your reasonings is because of image or anything that has to do with images or my tweets, I will have to ask you to look at everybody that you've ever endorsed, whether it be a retweet and look at their history of their tweets or that you're hired or that you work with. There are some very vile, immature, sexist, racist Things that probably people that you work with have said, I keep my stuff strictly football, family here and there, bus- my other businesses here and there. And the worst thing that I say is the truth. So if the truth is a problem, then I don't want to to cloud with you in the first place, but let's put it out on front street. Where are we? Are we we don't mess with Charles or are we I honestly just don't think you're that good. Tell me where we're at so that I know moving forward, like I said, trying to build out a Nashville based um, status and and conglomerate per se. As a Nashville based we should be hyping each other up, not always outsourcing information, hyping everybody else up to name drop into clout chase because that's what it looks like. So you look at my stats, I'm one of the best evaluators in the world look at my stats there's I keep receipts like a tax preparer so I mean it is what it is but to close I think you know we have to look at go back and review my 2021 game plan and look how it's basically repeating 2019 did the same thing went to the AFC championship now all we got to see is how they draft And then we got to look at how we salute each other and celebrate each other. And then we got to look at the reasonings why if we're not celebrating each other. And then when you guys come up with your answers, please DM me. And then that's pretty much it. Guys, thanks for tuning in, listening to this podcast or episode in its entirety. And I will see you on the next one.